Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another Drunk Friend podcast. As always, we're your host. I'm Trav, a.k.a. Nest Friend. That's Alex, a.k.a. Snest Drunk. And this time, you know, we're without a sweet, sweet, awesome guest like Norm. It's just the two of us. So no pressure or anything, Alex, but we got to we got to be the ones here that pulled us through. Well, good thing I took a nap this afternoon and I, I'm still kind of waking up and, and uh, <laughs> I'm really high energy right now. And I'm reading about how the Brewers have interest in free agent outfielder, former Twins uh, left fielder Eddie Rosario. That's what people are tuning in for, right? To, to read yeah. I think I know completely. why you took a nap. You read too much about baseball. <laughs> that might be it. I'll put you right down. You know, people don't want to. I, I still think we should do that podcast where all we do is just <laughs> go back and forth, like reading names of baseball players from the 90s. Jack McDowell. Like, yeah, Jack McDowell, and, and then I come back at you and just say, like, uh, Ron Karkovice. Oh, very nice. Jason Beret. We could Jason do it now. Beret. Oh, yeah, we could just do White Sox. Uh, <laughs> well, you did Ron Karkovice. Uh, um, yeah, Ozzie Guillen. I mean, that's that's not as obscure, but yeah. Ozzie Guillen. I think, uh, uh, what's his name? Uh, Omar Vizquel. Did he have a cup of coffee with the White Sox? I don't remember. <laughs> Wasn't but, he an uh, Indian? Didn't he play for Cleveland? Oh, that's right. He was yeah, he was a nemesis. Some, yeah. Some uh, central team, but I remember Wilson Alvarez. We've lost half the guy. listeners. We've lost more than half the listeners. <laughs> Come on, people. Re- reel it back in. Hang back with in. us. I mean, you did take Jeez. a nap, you said, on your lunch break at work. That's not something I've yes. ever done. I think that's incredible. Kudos I think to you. you. Can get a, you can get away with it working from home, um, especially if you have a really loud phone alarm. <laughs> and <you're>, <laughs> <laughs> There's nothing like pressing uh, that you need. You, you don't have to be at a meeting right after or anything like that. So I spent um, my lunch break stressing over what we were going to talk about today because I'm dedicated. <laughs> I did that last night. <laughs> I just whipped together 13 games and was like, "All right, this works. That's fine." Meanwhile, you're out there pulling out your hair and yeah. and you're losing clumps of your beard and you know I'm less of stress, a man. Yeah, stress overload. It's been rough, but we you know we'll, we'll get to that at the end of the show. We're going to be ranking our top 13 games from the 2010s. Um, just. 13 is Alex's favorite number, I guess, so that's the one we go with. But it's a nice, not round number. It's nice and memorable. It's not even necessarily uh, 2010s. It's just like pretty much just modern games, I think. is oh. you know, this is the retro thing. and Gotcha. But we might as well put some parameters on it with 2010s just to make it convenient. Yeah, because I, I, I do have one that would break into my list if it were not just 2010s. But we'll get to that later. All right. Let's talk about what uh, what these YouTube channels have been up to. And we both must have had time on the brain because I mm. went back to the future, and uh, I kind of regret it. Those games are just God. Those games suck. They're so ass. I thought by now, you know, because I, I I didn't enjoy them at all growing up. I remember they were a couple. They I rented them a couple times, tried them, maybe went back to it again just to check. Just ass. Just awful, bad, disappointing games. But. Over the past, you know, 20, 30 years, I've played a lot of bad games, you know? That's yeah. just part of loving the NES. you got to sift through a whole bunch of bad games. And I thought yeah. maybe I would go back and be like, oh, these aren't so bad because, you know, I'm yeah. not as jaded or whatever. No, they're still bad, man. It's crazy oh, yeah. how bad they are. And it's it's pretty weird because Back to the Future is one of the best movies of the 80s. Mm-hmm. Back to the Future 2 is super fun. Back to the Future 3 is fun. Can't be fun. And then the the games... Especially two and three. Oh man, where they they just like slap them both together. Like, yeah, let's take advantage of this this license by doing some nonsensical crap that has nothing to do with the movies. And then let's let's make the hit detection super wonky. And yeah, lots of fun. 
Um, <laughs> uh, lots of failed angry rentals, lots of tortured ch- childhoods, and uh, bad memories. For sure. It's probably my favorite 80s franchise for sure. You know, it's funny. I think it was when uh, my girlfriend, Pearl, she got uh, bit by a spider really bad, oh, by, no. like five or six times Whoa. In, uh, on, on her wrist, and her whole like forearm like blew up. Um, I think I had to, I was at work or something. And, and that was still more to, fun than the Back to the Future games. Is that what you're going to say? <laughs> you could go in that direction. But she's, she says the the Back to the Future movies have been ruined for her because she sat there and that's all they would play was the Back to the Future movies back to back to back to back. Oh, and she no. was in there for like eight hours waiting. And she's like, I freaking hate those movies. So, so, so somebody out there hates those movies. Well, that's sad. So nah. uh, I know, right? Yeah. Because it's, it's the first one is really good. Still it really to this is, day. Yeah. I did Back to the Future, but you also, you had a little time on your hands <laughs> uh, with time tracks. No. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I like finding out about stuff like this. I actually do remember the TV show Time Tracks just because I watched a lot of like Star Trek on network TV and Deep Space Nine and stuff like that. And I remember seeing commercials for it all the time. Along with uh, Kung Fu, The Legend Continues with David Carradine. Heck yeah. I remember the show. I remember it was tacky. I remember it was, you know, low-budget sci-fi stuff. But, you know, it's it's kind of kind of neat in a weird way. I, I thought the premise was kind of neat. And the game isn't terrible. The game is fine. Um, fun little just run to the right, uh, blow stuff up, good sprite animation. Um, compared to some of the other games, the other run and gun style action platformers on the Super Nintendo, like Time Slip or like uh, Realm and stuff like that that I've covered, like this is better than those, I think. So hmm. that's one category where the Super Nintendo really lags. Like once you get past Contra 3 and uh, Earthworm Jim, it's there. It <laughs> feels like there's not a whole lot. Then you got to go into like the top down run and gun category, like Pocky and Rocky and Smash TV and stuff. But, right on. Uh, yeah, you know when I saw the sprite uh, for the guy in Time Tracks, it reminded me so much of Kid Chameleon. I was like, "What is going on?" Because he's kind of got the. It seems like he's wearing a leather jacket with jeans, just kind of running around. And oh, uh, yeah, and the and the Hanes undershirt, and yeah. but he needed the uh, he needed the, uh, the the cool shades though. That's what he needed. Yeah, that's the only thing missing. But yeah, but, that was a, yeah. a complete. Uh, God, I hate to do it, but that was kind of a hidden gem to me. I didn't. I, oh, I have no. not, not heard of the show even. I didn't know anything about this <sighs> I'm gonna, one. I'm going to have to turn my phone off. Uh, <laughs> Metal Jesus' lawyers are going to come after me. Uh, he will. Jeez. Yeah, and then you, you, uh, you put together, you do a series I really like, which is if you like this, you might want to try that. And I can't imagine what it's like putting those types of videos together. They've got to be a ton more work than your usual stuff. But you did, if you liked ActRaiser games, then you might like... I found that ActRaiser likes is just my kink. That's what I want in life. You every game you you talked about there was is ranked in some of my all time favorite lists. So I'm just an ActRaiser like guy. Yeah, it's, it sounds like you're a quintet guy. Must be. Um, which I totally botched in the interview. Rookie mistake. When Enix. I said that. What are you talking about? Enix developed it instead of uh, freaking quintet. I I don't know. I was just flying through it and and, getting, <laughs> and just and just it's like let's get this done. Bing bang boom. Easy mistake, but um, yeah, it's uh, Soul Blazer is awesome. Even that goofy uh, t- 
TurboGrafx-16 import is is kind of fun just because it's all real-time action and you play these as these cutesy little animals. I can't remember the name of it off the top of my head, but that was that was kind of cool. Yeah. Um I was not expecting that one to be anything interesting, but it's it really kind of is. And um I always take an opportunity to to uh talk about Chaos Seed if I can cuz that game is so weird, but um it's really well done cuz it's like Sim City meets a top-down action RPG in a, in a weird way. It's 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 hard to describe. Yeah. When you're putting together a, a, a list like that and you end up finding games like Chaos Seed or the one on the TurboGrafx-16, are you crowdsourcing any of that information or is this just, you know, spreadsheets that you've been keeping around or memories of your own that you reflect back to when you think of, what's a game that was like Actraiser? Yeah, it's when I put this stuff together it doesn't all happen in like one afternoon or anything like that i come up with the original idea like what would be some games like actraiser and then i kind of keep a uh text file uh i have a what's <laughs> i have what's listed as a future folder mm. in all my my text resources and fu- under future i've got like a actraiser like file and then i i just type in notes like here's a game that I found that's kind of like the Actraiser. Here's hmm. why, you know, just brief notes and stuff like that. And I already had like four of them cool. on there. I knew I knew I wanted to talk about Dark Cloud Two, um, Soul Blazer, yeah. uh, Chaos Seed, and uh, Big Sky Trooper. But the the rest. Oh, and then uh, Sigma Star Saga, which is for Game Boy Advance. I ended up uh, doing a, a video on that one. That game is really cool too. Um, th- but but that TG sixteen one was. Uh, from uh, the infamous Giant Bomb website. Oh, so, yeah. Yeah, I, I just uh, kind of was dorking around on that site a little bit. And uh, occasionally I'll go to the Patreon um, Discord chat and be like, hey, what do you guys think of this list? Am I missing anything obvious? And they're usually really good with uh, suggestions and stuff like that. It's always good to have a group of folks you can go to to stave off that first wave of pedantic comment that you could get for a little mistake like that <laughs> so it's yeah nope. it's the same reason i use musty hobbit i get him to now nope. I, I used to send in my videos after they were done and it was like hey will you review this but i found that most of his issues with my stuff was just like things that i said in the script so now i just send him the script and i'm like what is this <laughs> ridiculous that i tell any lies and he's caught a few like um, just little things here and there that I'm like, oh, I would have totally got blasted for that. Thank you so much. <laughs> <laughs> Telling lies. Yeah, you're deliberately deceiving your audience. Yeah. I mean, evil, just, evil just little things that people will focus on and not not focus on anything else in your video, like you know, accidentally saying Christopher Reeves instead of Reeve. That's shit that people will just comment, and you're like, now that's not what I want you to focus on. Like, that's... You're ugh, you're distracting well, me from enjoying Well, actually, you know, it's Christopher Reeve. And oh, I hate it so much. Yeah. Why? It should be obvious <laughs> to even the most dim-witted individual that it's Christopher Reeve. Why? <laughs> I'm crossing Jerry Lewis with... I mean, Professor Frank is, is based off of Jerry yeah. Lewis. So I mean, that, that impersonation is so good, it almost sounds like you have a soundboard with you. That's how that's how good it is. I'm not. That's not even being facetious. It's very good. S- stay tuned for more wacky voices later on, folks. Oh, yes. Absolutely. Okay. So, I guess we could go ahead and jump into some emails. First, this is from Grant. He, he titles this... Uh, Email the Sly Stallone app. If you guys remember, we had Sly Stallone on a few weeks ago. 
Oh, great guest. Oh, he was great. Uh, Grant says, hey, guys, I was surprised no one talked about the Expendables movie series. I wasn't the biggest fan of those guys' individual movies growing up, but once those washed-up has-beens, as I once called them for laughs in an action movie group, got together and made fun of themselves, I thoroughly enjoyed it. Anyway, love the show, and both of your outside shows, Tales of the Lesser Medium, has been fun as a friend is having me go through some of the RE games and that almost takes conspiracy boards to keep up with the timeline. Keep it going, and happy holidays. So this is an ancient email from Grant. Sorry, we're just getting getting to it, Grant. But I appreciate the email. I think I watched the first Expendables movie. I get what you're saying. I do like they, they just got together to poke a little fun at themselves, but I wasn't hooked enough, I think, to dig into a, a second one or even a third one, if that exists. What about you, Alex? I think it does. Yeah, The third one does exist, I think, if I remember correctly. Um. Yeah, the first one's fun. I I was a little let down by the first one. I thought the the you know I think at that point when did that come out like two thousand nine or something like that. Oh, has it been that long? Ten. Jeez. Let me look it up. Um, Expendables was two thousand ten. Jeez, I didn't and know it been that long. I, I I had been spoiled by like all the you know the Matrix style stuff, and I'd seen lots of you know other Jet Li movies, other Stallone movies, and. Uh, stuff like that that had some like really over the top awesome action in it. Oh, uh, uh, the transporter movies with Jason Statham; those are freaking fun. Um, but Expendables was just kind of okay. I do like the um, self awareness, you know, poking fun at themselves, old guys. I think they were a little on the nose with the second one, um, especially once freaking what's his name showed up, uh, Chuck Norris. That was kind of in in the second one. I was like, all right. Yeah. <laughs> it was a little too like, aren't we clever? Like, isn't this funny? It's like, okay, just just do your stuff. But um, I have not seen the third one. Um, and that one came out in uh, 2014. Um, I, I should watch it, though. You should watch it, too. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, they're, they're fun. They're not meant to be taken seriously. I'm not going at it like I'm watching Citizen Kane or a Kubrick film. So, yeah, it's fine. I don't mind staying up late, getting a little hammered, watching old sweaty guys run around that sounds good we watch wrestling you have to like the expendables if you like wrestling oh of course and austin steve austin is even in the first movie there you go there you he go gets set on fire i think if i remember correctly yeah also i want to before we move on i want to thank grant for mentioning tales of the lesser medium it's a uh, a podcast where we make fun of video game narratives we've done re- the resident evil series and the classic tomb raiders we've also done blaster master as a little one-off uh, for the classic fans but we have a new season that's coming out uh, here in a couple weeks so i just wanted to mention that uh, we got another email here from ian or is it ian <laughs> like, like ian eagle ian ian uh. Hello, drunk friend. I'm writing while still listening to the Dan Hess episode, and I I have to say that I've been listening since day one, and there has never been a bad interview. That's a really nice thing to say. Thanks. Every guest that you guys get has been so interesting. It's crazy to me because I came into Drunk Friend thinking it was just going to be another video game podcast, which would have been just fine. But the amount of experiences and knowledge that have come through my headphones in this past year has been wonderful. Because of the podcast, I have been able to find new channels to watch and people to follow, with the very first being Trav, since yeah. I've been subbed to SNES Drunk for many years. Good job, Trav. <laughs> I guess that's I guess what I want to say is thank you for taking the time out of your lives this past year to do this as often as you have. It's it has been one of the few things I've looked forward to every week. Us too. Yeah, me too, yeah. A question I want to ask Alex in particular is what is your opinion of Radical Dreamers? Do you think think it is worth playing to get the full chrono trigger experience and trav since you've been doing videos on famicom games what are some of your favorite famicom games thank you guys and i'm looking forward to hearing more episodes 
Uh, thanks for the nice uh, feedback there, Ian Ion. Yeah, that's great. Uh, that was re- Ian, thank you. Really nice to hear. Radical Dreamers is fine. I don't think it's essential by any stretch, but like he phrased it in the email, um, to get the full Chrono Trigger experience, like, yeah, if you just want more of that world, and I don't blame you if you do, then it's fine. Um, I like it better than like Crimson Echoes or like Flames of Eternity or any of that stuff. That's uh, not really my bag, but um, yeah, I guess... Um, Radical Dreamers, for, for those that don't know, it's it's a it's all text. It's a visual novel, quote unquote, follow up to Chrono Trigger, but not really, kind of, sorta, not really. But um, it's fine for what it is. But I don't consider it like anything like a must read, must play, or anything those lines. But for you, uh, you're just dipping your toe into the whole Famicom thing, right? Yeah, barely even a toe. I would say. If there's anything on your body less than a toe, that's what I'm dipping in there. So I'm not very far in. There are some I want to get to, though. I mean, there's a lot of RPGs that if I can, you know, take the time to get through, maybe get some translation patches for, like, Mother, you know, you have to say it like Danzig, Uh, Lagrange (laughs) Point, which is, I could sing that one like ZZ Top, but I just didn't have the beat in my head. Or, um, yeah, there are a couple others uh, that I just really want to get to. I've only covered a few on the channel, and honestly, the ones I've covered are the ones I've spent the most time with. But, and this this one doesn't even count, but I think the one that I've actually had the most fun with has been Goonies, which is just a port of the arcade version of the original Goonies game. And that's 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 just fun because I'm a huge Goonies fan, to be honest with you. But I don't get why that... I'm sure you explained this, but like, why the heck didn't that show up in North America? I don't know. I, yeah, I don't know. Does anybody know? Like, is it is it just like, oh, well, I think that's a Konami game, right? It is, and part of me, because I felt like the um, the Goonies two one game came out like so close to it. Maybe they just didn't want to confuse the market and release them close together or something like that. Huh. I don't know. I completely made that up. I'm sure there'll be a well actually. <laughs> no, somewhere. that I mean that makes sense though because could have been. Yeah, Nintendo always thinks their viewing audiences, uh, or I should say their their buying audiences, a bunch of morons. Oh yeah, um, and that goes all the way through to uh, why Star Fox Two was canceled because mm-hmm. we want the real 3D experience to be the N64. <laughs> and it's like, do you really think that that lowly of your audience that uh, they can't? you know see the difference between star fox 2 and i don't know that that still bothers me but anyway thanks for the nice email ian ian yes thank you ian now we're going to move on to robert ring our buddy from the classic gaming podcast he says hey tralix that's us together alex how nice hey he says fantastic episode with dan hess that one must have been really popular he says it was super interesting and informative aside from the time you had one of the idiots from classic gaming podcast on this was maybe my favorite episode so far i give it a 95 and of course he means out of a thousand question when you play racing games or otherwise driving based games what is your go-to camera mode it seems the four primary ones are first person driver's seat first person absolute where you can't see the inside of the car third person close up and third person pulled back i will occasionally dabble in first person driver's seat mode if the game leans heavily into racing sim territory like gran turismo but i've always preferred the third person pulled back view because i like to be able to see the car itself especially if it's customizable and it usually seems to give you more information than the close-up third person mode thanks for the podcast and keep up the good work rob ring thanks for the email rob 
that idiot on the classic gaming podcast. He's probably talking about that Jay guy. Yeah, you remember, remember when Jay was on yeah. here? Yeah, Jay was on here. <laughs> Jeez. Yeah, I, I agree with Rob here that um, the third person uh, pulled back, kind of like F Zero and Top Gear, um, Daytona USA, that stuff. I don't understand how people can do first person with with driving games. I I am a disaster if mm-hmm. I'm first person, even with the first person in the driver's seat like i'm just going too freaking fast <laughs> and i feel like I, I need to like hit the brakes constantly or something but um yeah third person pulled back and he makes a good point about being able to see your own car in like grand in gran turismo and those types of games oh so, yeah because what's the point like that's all that game is it's just like messing with your car and what's the point if you can't see it exactly yeah and i'm the same way but i always do dabble always you know, get in that front seat a little bit because I think that's where you kind of see how immersive the gameplay is and it never hooks me. I'm always like, always panic because I feel like a hood ornament. I'm like, get me out of here. Oh my God. <laughs> Plus I can't see the cards yeah. around me. I'm just banging off walls and everything. So yeah, I always get anxious anytime I flip past NASCAR and they, they have the camera inside the car <laughs> yeah. and he's like, there's like another car, like less than an inch away. And I'm like, Oh my God, like how the hell do these guys do this? Exactly. Yeah, yeah. I, it's it's not comfort. It's not comfortable at all. Yeah. So I'm I'm also a third person pulled as far back as it'll let me go. Like especially with games. Uh, sorry, to, just oh, to go keep ahead. going. Especially with games like Road Rash '64. Like the further back you are, the better. I mean, as long as you're not like freaking tiny. But then you can cause more carnage, and you can beat the crap out of more people. You can see more people on your screen. That's one thing I didn't like about the uh, some of the other Road Rash games was that you're too close. Like you're too, you're right behind the bike, whereas the N64 version, you're further back, so you can like slide your bike all the way across and knock out like three different people's back wheels and watch them all spin out. So satisfying. Heck yeah! That was just a, an excuse to talk about my favorite N64 game. That's all. No, no, that that's perfectly fine, and it just makes me wish there were more modern Road Rash entries. Wasn't yeah. there like a, a a knockoff that tried to that come around, but it never got traction i can't remember what the name of it is it was like road revengeance or yeah <laughs> something like, like that, that. Yeah, something like that yeah oh well maybe maybe one day so in this next part if you remember back in the oh man the old days of good weather when we had tara on here who ran 75 miles in a day uh we we got an email from someone who was like wow that was awesome uh, i don't know anything about running but i wish i knew more about swimming and then we had another guy email and was like, I know a little bit about swimming. I went to a swim meet in South Korea, you know, and we were like, man, it would be great if this guy could get answers from this guy. And so we we wrote both of them and said, hey, guy who wants to know about swimming, what are some questions for a swimmer guy? And we sent those to swimmer guy and swimmer guy was like, yeah, I'll answer these questions. So we have answers and questions here. We're going to do a swim meet up. We'll swim like a cute em up, like a, sw- a, sw- a swim, a swim them up. I don't know, swim Alex. Them up. I'm trying too yeah, hard is what I'm doing. Swim them up. Why isn't anybody... That seems like a Data East arcade game. Where it's like a beat them up, only it's like synchronized swimming yes. somehow. You just swim toward each other and beat each other up with your breaststrokes. Yes, exactly. <laughs> exactly. I love it. So how are we doing this? Okay, so we've got uh, the hopeful swimmer. His name is Jono. Mm-hmm. He's a longtime interviewer. Uh, interviewer. A longtime uh, emailer. Mm-hmm. And then we've got Joe, the swimmer. So wh- who do you want to be? Which one are you picking? I'll be I'll be Jono, the hopeful swimmer. Okay, so um, okay then since um, I I'm Joe, I'll sound like a know it all. Then I'll, I'll I'll do the know it all nerd voice for for Joe. Okay, the you know I can't believe you're even asking me this you know style. 
attitude. I'm sure Joe's a very nice person, uh, you know, obviously, <laughs> since he listens to this podcast. But yeah. in, in this context, he's the know-it-all swimmer. Okay. And he is he cannot believe how how uh, how uh, insulting Jono is being by answering answer, ask, asking such obvious questions. And you know, I think by reading the emails, I believe Jono is actually Australian. But I will never attempt an Australian accent on this podcast for fear of it being going horribly wrong and me just sounding like me doing a bad accent. Oi. <laughs> Is that is that your the entirety of your Australian accent? That's the in, one that's, that's all I know about Australia is oi. But you know, I, they like to they like to surf down there in Australia. I think there's big waves and beaches, and they they can't sleep while the beds are burning. Um, was that a, what how is that can a, you? How, is what that are a Billy the, Joel song? Midnight Oil. Oh, okay, gotcha. Uh, so I thought maybe maybe I'll do a little Keanu, you know, a little Point Break Keanu. <laughs> that works. All right. <clears throat> hey, Joe. What are your best tips for improving form? I tried having myself filmed swimming laps, but only being able to see surface level. Man, I could only fix half the problem. My underwater strokes always let me down. Well, to improve form, my most helpful tips is to keep your elbow strong. Okay. You don't drop it unless you, you know, you're just dragging your arm through the water like a wet noodle. Oh. You don't want to do that. <laughs> Treat your whole arm like an oar, and you'll propel yourself through the water quicker with less effort. Wow, that's really enlightening. You kind of sound like an asshole. Okay. <laughs> I'm sorry, Joe. I'm sure you're a nice guy. But... No, that was perfect. Okay, well, growing up somewhere that had, like, no indoor swimming facilities, our pool was only open for summer. What kind of exercises would you recommend for the off-season? Low impact would also be good to know about, as that is part of the appeal to swimming for me. Well, it should be obvious to anyone that exercises for the off-season would include those that don't necessarily require extra equipment, such as push-ups, crunches, burpees, planks, etc. If you have access to gym equipment, weight training will go a long way as well. Right on. Right on. Okay. Great. Uh, What are your thoughts on full-body swimming outfits, man? I remember when I was younger, and they were coming into popularity, right? A lot of people thought they would they were unbalancing the competition by helping to streamline swimmers, you know what I'm saying? On the one hand, I prefer the coverage they provide, but I always felt that a smaller costume allows me to feel my movement through the water better, you know what I mean? Well, actually, I have no idea what you mean, because full-body swimming outfits are nice and all, but if you're willing to shave all your hair off, <laughs> there's no need for one. They're a lot more expensive than playing a pair of jammers, which are kind of like a Speedo, but they go down to your knee. I never was a fan of Speedos, which are commonly referred to as budgie smugglers here in Australia. Well, actually, you know, I, I despite me sounding like an asshole, I, I wish John all the best in his swimming career. All right, yeah. I think um, we did great. I want to give us both, okay. what is it, an Emmy? A Grammy? Which one do you get here? Uh, an Oscar? I think it's a Tony. Get a Tony. Maybe a Tony Award. Yeah. What? What? Do podcasts have awards? Should uh, we start one? I think you can get like a Webby or something. But is, is that a thing? Eh, I mean, I think so. But we, whatever it is, we deserve it because I think that was fantastic. <laughs> and I, I want to thank Jono and uh, Joe for playing along and writing the scripts, and hopefully, Jono got some good answers there. Yeah, Jono. Um, hopefully, you could understand what I was saying. <laughs> If, if not, can't. we'll email you the transcript. We'll email you the transcript, exactly. That was fun. Uh, okay, so moving on back to video games. I picked up 
some more Super Nintendo games. And as we all know, Alex is the Super mm. Nintendo savant. You've 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 built up a wealth of knowledge. You've played, I guess, well over. I mean, obviously, most of them. Can, could you name the ones that you haven't played on the Super Nintendo? Are there any? No, because there's there's too many like racing games and oh, okay, uh, like like you know, just weird ass, just you know, Pachinko Collection Four, like that. You know, I don't know what the hell that is. I'm gonna request but, that on um, your Patreon now, but yes, <laughs> please don't. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but no, we're gonna give some first impressions of some games here that I picked up. Now, some of them I've heard of, I don't really know much about. One of them is licensed, and I I know. Well, I guess a couple of them are licensed, and I know the license. Have no idea what the game is. So let's get started off here. I think this one's pretty popular. Just being a NES guy, I don't know a ton about it, and that's Doomsday Warrior. What are we dealing? with with doomsday warrior uh it's it sounds cool but it's kind of not i remember doing a video on this one a while ago it's a little bit better on genesis because it's it's kind of a oh wait a second i'm thinking of doom troopers um doomsday warrior is is that a fighting game i honestly don't know what that is Oh, we got him, folks. We got first try here. We got him. We yeah, st- first try. Yeah, we We're stumped really the drunk to the hype here. That's actually. See, I was thinking Doom, Doom Troopers, and that one is like a run and gun game, and it's like bleh. But Doomsday Warrior, I think it's a fighting game, because I remember somebody commenting on it and uh, on another fighting game. I, uh, I uh, on another different video I did a while ago, and I was like, what the hell's that? Yeah, looking it up here, it says it was created during the fighting game trend of the 90s that was popularized by Capcom Street Fighter 2. So, indeed, it Imagine sounds like that. it's a by-the-numbers fighting game. Yeah, no, I don't I don't, I, I don't have any thoughts on this game at all because I haven't really played it. It's a cool name, Doomsday Warrior. Off to a good start. All right, we got him. We stumped the drunk. That's the name of the, the, name of the segment. Uh, <laughs> next, next one here, Earth Defense Force. Oh, yeah, that's on Switch online service. Um, mm. And that's Super Earth Defense Force. Oh. By the way, that's Super Earth Defense Force. Um, <laughs> that's uh, a horizontal shoot 'em up, and it's really, really hard. But you do have like eight weapons to choose from that you can kind of customize. You you can kind of power them up as you go uh, as you play through the game. Uh, you're gonna die a lot if you play that one. Sweet, a lot, like a lot, a lot. <laughs> I forget how many levels. Probably the usual like six or seven. But yeah, it's it's solid. It's fine. I think Jalico, Jalico, yeah. however you say it, devs it. So yeah, right on. Okay, very good. What about that Stargate game? Is that worth the time? Yeah, that one's pretty good. Um, really, it reminded me a lot of it, that. <laughs> that one was actually uh, graced the cover of Nintendo Power back in the day. Hmm. And um, yeah, I was like, what the hell, is Stargate doing on the cover? I remember seeing that. Um, but it reminded me a lot of the Super Star Wars games. But they're structured a bit differently where you've got to duck into buildings, um, look for items, do stuff. Uh, It's not so much run to the right and kill everything that moves. You got to like find items and all that sort of thing. But it's, it's pretty good. Cool. I'm, I'm really surprised to hear that. I was full on expecting it to be just one of those sloggy, boring space. You're in a space ship and you got to figure out how to turn it on for most of the game and you don't so you turn the game off that's the only super nintendo game with james spader (laughs) that's the trivia i need it's a great movie i love spader in that movie oh that yeah that movie is great yeah yeah there's just like can we talk about how captivating james spader is when he's on camera like he just kind of steals the scene because he's so interesting to look at he's always doing something weird with his mouth is it just me i mean i guess 
Uh, well, let me let me think of where I've seen James Spader. I mean, he was kind of like the creepy guy in every high school movie in the eighties. Was it what was it? Uh, Pretty in Pink. What, that, that sounds right. In? Yeah. Uh, I forget, but um, he was in one of those like John Hughes movies where he plays somebody really creepy. What else is he in? Oh, of course, he played Robert California in the later seasons of The Office. Yes, yes. Well, that's another one where he does, he has like a, I don't know what term it is, but it's like a very pensive mouth. He said he, when he's thinking, he does a lot of weird mouth stuff and it's captivating to me. It's like he can, he can exude 50 different emotions just by moving his lips a little bit. I don't know. I don't know what it is. I'm not alone I'm, I'm in this. Doing... I've had conversations with other people. I was hoping you would be like, absolutely, but you, you seem like you're backing away from me right now. I don't know. I, <laughs> I haven't seen enough of... I haven't studied James Spader's mouth enough to, to answer that well, properly. You have homework. Uh, what else was he... He was in... The only other thing I can think of that he was in was Boston Legal. And when I think of that show, I think of, of Shatner. He's in so that show I, that's concurrent that I haven't kept up with. I watch a little bit of it, but it's called The Blacklist. He's in that. But that's on Netflix. If you don't watch a lot mm. of modern TV, you've missed it completely. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I, I don't spend a lot of time looking at uh, James Spader's uh, gaping maw, so <laughs> I can't, uh, can't comment on that. Now he was in a movie in 1983 called Cocaine: One Man's Seduction, which I think we should all watch sometime. <laughs> that sounds like a, that sounds like a Julian Sands special with. Uh, with uh, Shan- starring Shannon Tweed and yeah, yeah, all those other people, stars but, uh, uh, stars Dennis Weaver. In fact, okay, uh, here's a, here's game number four. There's five of these. Number four is uh, Porky Pig's Haunted Holiday. I like the cover. That's why I got it. Is it is it as fun as it looks? Yeah, I mean it's Looney Tunes game. Most Looney Tunes game are at least okay. That one is got yeah Haunted Holiday has. I remember making a top 13 list of like super nintendo games to play on halloween and that one i i had i wanted to include but i had to leave it off but i still wanted to talk about it because i thought it was good enough to mention oh that's so good it's it's one of those like yeah good enough to mention type games gotta love that gotta i love i love seeing porky the pig or porky pig get a get the the spotlight a little more he's always in the background yeah. so yeah give porky his due okay and lastly here this is not really a game that's uh secret to me or anything like that i just wanted to, to see, get your thoughts on it or see what your history with it was because i just played through it for the first time i was a late comer to joe and mac and i loved it you like joe and oh joe big big yeah fan? joe and mac i actually played on the oh, i'm blanking on his name oh it was uh jay uh gaming jay Oh, okay. um he, he uh had me on his youtube show and we played that co-op um, we got to the final boss and died, and it was a lot of fun, though. I really like that game a lot. It's a lot of fun co-op. Awesome. Yeah, I played through it uh, a couple nights ago and was like, this is just a charming time. It's pretty fun. It's not very difficult. doesn't stress you out or anything, and it's, uh, yeah, I, I need to try to play it co-op. I bet it's it's better. What what's funny is is it's classic '90s where uh, in co-op where if you, the more enemies you kill and the more hits you do on the on the boss, um, it's like a contest. Like if you if you do more damage, then you get the babe at the end of the oh. level, and she comes and gives you a peck on the cheek. You gotta love that. Very cool. Yeah. Got to rescue those damsels from dinosaurs. You got to ask yourself though, how did the dinosaurs capture the damsels? Who knows? Yeah, what are they doing? What are they just what's going on there? <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm trying to imagine a scenario of like a dinosaur trying to pick up on a woman and like uh, I'm kind of drawing a blank. Yeah, yeah. It's a 
Yeah, it's strange. Let's let's go over some uh, NES games. I'm going to name drop a few okay. and see if I can get some some real quick thoughts. What about Legendary Wings? Legendary Wings. It's a fairly fun shoot 'em up where you're a angel man f- flying through the air. I think. I think it's kind of tough though. I'm pretty sure it's an arcade port, but um, okay. But yeah, it's it's okay. Yeah, I saw it was con- uh, Capcom, and I'm like, I've never heard of this. Is it any good? What about uh, Monster Truck Rally? Have you played that? I've not played any Monster Truck Rally, to uh, be honest with got, you. It, look, it looks like it's got Bigfoot on the cover, but it can't officially show Bigfoot, probably because Bigfoot needed the... Well, Bigfoot has his own like game. Pay, pay money to... Yeah, Bigfoot had his own game, didn't it? Yeah. yeah. Man, I didn't realize Bigfoot, Bigfoot was in two games. Now, I've not played Bigfoot either, but you know what I should do? Do a little Monster Truck compilation. There you go. All right, I'll, I'll just torture you with one more... Um, what about, uh, you know what? What about Eight Eyes? Eight Eyes, the Castlevania-esque, more difficult than Castlevania somehow-esque game where you have huh. to travel to different, I can't remember if it's continents or not, but definitely countries of sorts and get, uh, you have to go get an artifact or something and you get all eight of them together. I guess they're eyes. You got to get all eight of them together to win. It's pretty tough though, to be quite honest with you, but you do get a falcon. I think it's a yeah. That's what that's what drew me to that game. Uh, our friend John Riggs talked about it a little bit in one of his uh, videos, uh, recent videos. And I love the fact that you it's an NES game and you've got like a little helper dude, uh, a falcon that like flies around on its own. You can call it back to your shoulder and then you know summon it back and it's got its own health bar and it'll go back out and attack people. I thought that was awesome. I was like, hey, that's kind of like. Uh, uh, what what is the other game that does that? Uh, what uh, like Mega Man? F- I forget if it's four or five when you get the bird. Oh beat, yeah, 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 yeah. And it goes and attacks everybody. Yeah, like, huh? That's kind of cool. Other games do that too. That's kind of neat. Yeah, it's pretty cool. And you get like alternative weapons and stuff. But I just I just found that it's it's pretty tough. It's like Castlevania mixed with Mega Man, and then just a notch more difficult. Maybe because it's not as designed as well as either of those. That's probably why it's harder. But yeah, it's developed by somebody called Thinking Rabbit. Oh, you know they were great yeah. house back in household 90. name oh yeah oh yeah yeah the people from thinking rabbit went on to do extraordinary <laughs> stuff they, they're they actually responsible for the souls franchise now the same same folks it's their only game for nes yeah you should you should play eight eyes if you're curious i think it's interesting yeah it looks awesome so you did better than i did there well i mean i hadn't played either monster truck game what kind of you know what kind of 80s 90s kid am i i don't know not a good one <laughs> Oh, so anyway, we tasked ourselves with coming up with the 13 best, um, at least our 13 favorite games from the past uh, 10, 11 years or so. We we just put a limit on uh, 2010. I guess ultimately I, I did say, uh, you know, best games of the 2010s, but... Um, yes, you did, yeah. which is why my <laughs> list is short one I'm very sh- important I- game altering the deal pray i don't alter it any further um so i have to preface mine though real quick uh i haven't played a lot of big stuff that most people have i've not played breath of the wild i've not played last of us or overwatch or or even stuff like octopath traveler but i have played stuff like bravely default which i wasn't crazy about uh link between worlds which was good hotline miami cuphead ori in the blind forest um i've i've played a good amount of of recent stuff but not a lot of the huge triple a titles 
um you know i'm busy playing games based off of tv shows that lasted two seasons on usa network i'm uh you know those are my priorities and um yeah when when i think of recent games i think of like rom hacks (laughs) i don't think of uh i don't think of like you know uh breath of the wild or anything like that so that's just where my head where, where my head's at I think we'll have interesting lists because I played a lot of the predictable AAA stuff and and those end up being usually some of my more you know cherished experiences just because they're usually deeper with narrative and, and such. Uh so I don't have a lot of things on here that people will will you know be able to be like, "Oh, what was that game he's talking about?" because you're going to know all of these. What's your number 13? My number 13 is Far Cry Three, and I know that's just one of those series. It's it's Ubisoft. It's Far Cry. It's like man, it's like Call of Duty, but with a haircut or something, you know. But I gotta say, man, there's just something about the being stranded on an island with just your uh, just a couple weapons and just the whole survival aspect of it. I think is why I like it so much, and it just has a recipe I'm in favor of. When people kind of roll their eyes at it, I understand it because it is. It is kind of that game that if I hadn't tried it, I would roll my eyes at it too. But it's the villains are really good, and it's it's just fun. Yeah, that came Far Cry. The original came at the tail end of my uh, PC gaming prime. I'll, I'll call it, and that would have been like two thousand four or something like that, two thousand five. Mm. And I loved it when it came out. It was something a little different. Uh, the setting was a bit different. It's a lot of fun. Yeah, um, I I remember dabbling in the second one, but I never played the third one. So I think the third one is the one that people will point to and say, if you're looking to get into it, that's where you should start. And I would say, even though it came out in late 2012, it probably holds up enough for that still to be true. Right on. My number 13 is kind of a weird one. I, I put down Bloodborne because um, mm. uh, I, it, it's kind of representing the whole Dark Souls, all the, that whole series, basically, because I have played Bloodborne and I need to play more of it because it's it's really good it's really freaking hard and the obviously like the enemy design the art design and all that sort of stuff is is incredible um all the cool stuff you can do with your character is awesome i just haven't put enough time into it uh myself so i have to stick it down at 13 i recognize that all those games are are freaking great um and they're 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 my thing too i i have a feeling i will i will really dig them if i if i really put the time into them but um I have to keep them down at 13. I'm scared of them, to be quite honest with you. <laughs> <laughs> so am I. Too hard. Uh, oh. Number 12 for me is Axiom Verge. I really oh, enjoyed one. that game. Good one. Yeah, it filled a, a huge, I don't know, uh, I know you don't like the term uh, Metroidvania, but I just want to use the term. It filled a, a huge Metroid void for me when it came out. Yeah, it, it definitely has the old, the original NES Metroid mm-hmm. vibe to it. And the story is kind of neat, too. Yes, and there's a second one coming, hopefully, this year. Hopefully, yeah. My number 12 is Blazing Chrome. This was a really fun uh, run and gun made by two people that were obviously very much into Contra 3 and Contra Hardcore. Um, And this game lives up to that. It's short. It's um, It's not like this big, all encompassing game, but it's really fun. It's a freaking blast i love all the different weapons the settings are awesome the enemy design is really fun especially like the the big monster the terminator dude that busts out of the wall Mm -hmm. because he can't wait for you he has to like stick his head in the room and then 
you defeat his head and knock him back and then you see his whole body it's like oh shit (laughs) (laughs) i gotta fight this whole thing now but yeah that that's a really fun game i really appreciate the work that went into that game it's it's really good that's another one that's just almost too hard for me to almost you know get a good good enjoyment out of it it kicks my ass yeah it's tough um i did beat it on normal i did not beat it on hard it's stuff just gets too fast on hard good for you though man i didn't get as far in normal so dang super fun game yeah yeah for those listening that have not played it it's well worth it okay number 11 for me is resident evil 7 biohazard man i've never been so spooked and grossed out and still had the time of my life playing a game i usually play games like this with my buddy brian briz uh, we, you know, yeah. pre-COVID, we would get together on a couch, do some couch co-op. Even though it's not a two-player game, it still kind of, re- you know, relieves some of the tension in some of these spookers when you can pass the controller off. And also, I find in a lot of the scary games, some of the, you know, places where you get stuck are really frustrating. And you don't really want to try it again immediately because it's kind of emotionally taxing because it's so heavy and scary. You just pass the controller off, let your buddy take care of it for a little bit, and then you don't walk away from the game as often. So we plowed through that game because of that, and it was so fun. It looked so good, and it's so scary, and I can't wait for number eight that's also coming out this year. Yeah, uh, Resident Evil Village. Yeah. Um, and that's going to be fun. That already The trailer of that one looked insane. Yeah, Pearl loves Resident Evil, and yeah, she had a blast playing this when uh, when she got that. My number 11 is Undertale. Oh. I really like what this game did. You know, I understand the game is is basically become like a, you know, some people, a lot of people roll their eyes when they hear it because it's got kind of a touchy-feely story. The the humor doesn't work for everybody. I get that. That's fine. I just really like what they did from a design perspective of making a turn-based RPG with little mini games as the combat. Hmm. I thought that was really cool, really well done. It gets more and more interesting as the game goes on. Um, And I really like the idea of um, how the story is structured where combat is optional. And I don't want to spoil anything, but yeah, it's. I, I thought that was really well done. Um, I don't know. I, I liked the game a lot. I understand if people don't because, you know, humor is always subjective and that sort of thing. And some people might be like so annoyed by the humor that they don't see the story or this game structure. They, they might ignore everything else because the, the humor is so annoying. And I get that. Yeah. But um, it worked for me. Gotcha. Yeah. I mean, it's pretty short, too. I've not played it, but it's it's shorter for a game like that, too, right? It's like, it won't take you long. Um, Less than yeah, 10 hours it's, or so. It's like 10 hours, I think. Yeah. yeah. That's pretty cool. Yeah, I need to play that one. Um, Number 10 for me is one you mentioned earlier, actually, Cuphead. I really enjoyed Cuphead. thought it was yeah. phenomenal to look at, super fun to play, and I've never seen anything like it, and I hope that that team, they're, I'm blanking on their name right now, but I hope that they go on to do something in the similar vein if not a full-on sequel at some point soon yeah that's see that's how you felt about blazing chrome is how i feel about cuphead that's Mm. that game just absolutely destroyed me (laughs) Uh, but i I think it's because i was so distracted by the visuals because they're so freaking cool yes and i grew up watching cartoons of that era like going all the way back to bosco and all that kind of stuff uh you know late 20s early 30s I wish that game, I, I wish I was better at that game. I'll say that. Yeah. Studio MDHR. I just wanted to clarify that, but mm. yes, yes. So my number 10 is Streets of Rage 4. Oh. And the only reason this is at number 10 and not higher is because I still haven't played 
enough of this. I still want to put in enough time with other characters. Mm-hmm. It's and I love that beat 'em ups are still a thing in you know this day and age. When you think about it, like beat 'em ups are kind of outdated. You know, it's. <laughs> Yeah, well, something like Streets of Rage on the surface sounds like it shouldn't work today. It sounds like it'd be boring as hell, but Streets of Rage 4 it was just awesome. Like, it just works. It's the atmosphere. You know, it's it's all the stuff that worked on the previous Streets of Rage games that made those so good, like the music. And they, they did a really good job building the moveset in Streets of Rage 4, too, to give you a little more incentive to keep going uh, to play through that one to see what else your your character can do, which is... A lot of fun. And the boss fights in the game are, are a lot of fun, too. Yeah, I was really blown away by how they made an old recipe feel fresh again. And, mm-hmm. yeah, like you said, they, they modernized it just enough so that, you know, it, it appeals to old beer-gutted guys like us and you kids alike. So that's very cool. I'm playing it actually right now with a buddy, not right as we speak, but currently playing through it co-op. I, I only played it single, so I'm playing through it co-op again. And... uh unlocking more characters and it's just so addictive it's so fun okay number nine for me is rocket league oh right on (laughs) yeah i went through probably a year of the mid 2010s i guess right when rocket league came out playing mostly rocket league and i remember there being like a week i was sick off work and just kept playing rocket league and i got decent enough to you know win more than i lost which was not an experience I'm com- it's, that's common for me with video games, so that's probably why I like it so much is that I had a knack for it for a little bit. Probably couldn't play worth a shit now, but, man, it was fun while it lasted. So I, I look back on my Rocket League days like a like a retired baseball player almost. <laughs> retired baseball. You mean like... Uh, like glory days, uh, you know. Uh, Alex Fernandez or... Uh, yeah, like Robin Young. Marty, Marty Cor- <laughs> Robin Young, Marty Cordova... <laughs> There they go again. <laughs> yeah, no, uh, I, I ha- actually have not ever played Rocket League, but it's it's a blast to watch. Mm-hmm. Um, some of the ridiculous goals that people score that I see, and like the, I'm subscribed to the Game Physics uh, subreddit, and it's every once in a while a, a Rocket League uh, video will come across, and it's some absurd goal, some guy going coast to coast, you know, yeah. just. <laughs> barely keeping the the ball in you know in play on the tip of its uh, bumper or whatever. Yeah, it's, it's so fun. Such a crazy yeah. like what a video game idea. It's it amazes me that car soccer wasn't a thing that happened until 2015. That felt like the first <laughs> thing we should have thought of when video games were invented. It's it feels like something you can actually do in like some of the older Grand Theft Auto games or maybe like Just Cause 3. Yeah. Some of those like sandbox games where it's like you can run over a mailbox and then start playing soccer with it somehow. <laughs> Yeah, something like that. Yeah, it's it, it, it probably. I'm get. I'm guessing that's how the idea came about. Probably <laughs> eventually from somebody. My number nine is Portal Two. Ooh, and if Portal One uh, were eligible, that would be in this place, and that would be higher. But Portal Two introduced uh, uh, J.K. Simmons. <laughs> yes. his voice and the other guy. Uh, the, uh, what's his name? Uh, Stephen Merchant into the mix which was just it, it's such an awesome blend of uh it takes some pretty you know frustrating puzzles and adds a lot of humor to it and a lot of charm to it it almost has like a nintendo quality to it because that's nintendo's specialty is taking something reasonably simple you know like a one screen you know punch out type game and adding like a ton of humor and charm to it and that's what i feel like portal 2 does or the portal games i should mm-hmm. say do yeah, those are great. I, I 
I'm going to bring it up later as well. So dope. Yeah. Yeah. I love them. Um, number, what are we at? Eight here for me is doom from 2016. I didn't think they could, uh, I don't know. It just, I didn't think it would live up to the hype, but everything from the graphics to the field, to the gameplay, to the, how fast the story is. It doesn't, it doesn't waste your time with narrative. Cause they know you don't want that. And then that soundtrack by Mick Gordon just rips Ugh, huge fan of doom. That's funny because my number eight is Doom twenty six. Hell yeah! You're reading off my list for my list for a second. <laughs> it's like, well, how'd you do that? Nice, um, we did it finally. Yeah, I didn't expect us to yeah, have any overlaps. So that's great. Yeah, that was that game is freaking. How do you not? How do you sit down and play Doom twenty sixteen and be like, eh, dude? Yes, I <laughs> like, know. I, that game is everything you could possibly want out of Doom. At least for me, like when I think of playing a Doom game, that's that's my expectation. That's what I that's what I want to get out of it. And it's it's this like just, just like you said the soundtrack, and it's just how freaking fast it is. So it's, fast, it's, it's awesome. I played it. I made the mistake of trying to play it in VR at a buddy's house. You will get sick. Like it doesn't matter how oh yeah. how resistant you Don't. are to motion sickness, which I thought I was. <laughs> I couldn't do much in that, but it still was awesome. Yeah, it's and uh, I it, that was the first game I used to kind of you know turn my nose up at like. Well, the frame rate isn't uh, proper, you know, whatever, you know, the frame rates, you know, snobs. It really matters in a game like Doom 2016 because you can really, it speeds everything up and everything is so smooth and it's, yeah, that that was the first time I was, I can remember being like, okay, give me, give me all the frames. (laughs) A few more frames, please. Yeah, right on. A game that doesn't need as many frames though, but I still thought was pretty fun was Persona 5. Huh. Yes. I know that's that seems out of character for me, and it kind of is. I got talked into it by my buddy Jake, who ended up buying it for me for Christmas because I think he wanted me to play it so bad, and I ended up playing it and falling in love with it. Again, it's it's not I haven't played any other, you know, game in the series. I was I was a complete persona noob, no Shin Megami Tensei experience at all. So I went into this one completely not knowing what to expect and came away being like, Wow, what just happened? That was awesome. It was so fun great story cool yeah that's one i'm not all that familiar with other than watching other people play it and watching other videos about it and uh, that sort of another stuff. phenomenal soundtrack i mean just incredible sure so that was your number seven Correct. i'm guessing yeah number seven my number seven is hollow knight um this one was a lot of fun um as you know i hate the term metroidvania i i prefer to use the term uh exploration platformer okay um i think that's just my that's just my snobby preference there. <laughs> Exploration platformer. I think it works better. It is. That's just me. I like perpetually stuck platformer, but a <laughs> time wasting platformer. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I think Hollow Knight is a step above. You know, with all due respect to games like Guacamelee and even stuff like Cave Story. You know, going way back, I, I can't even think of some of the other popular ones, but I think Hollow Knight is like head and shoulders above those. I think. Uh, the feel for the controls is really good. Um, the art style is awesome, uh, especially some of the early bits that um, really draw you in, um, and some of the enemy design and everything s- explodes in this like orange stuff, and it's like, what's with that? And this the game actually explains that. Hmm. That's not actually a aesthetic choice. There's actually a reason for that. And the the game does a really good job blending like the story the weird story and all the different mechanics. There's a ton of stuff you can do in that game, which I really like. So nice, yeah. That's another one I've started and then it kicked my ass and I got scared, and ran away. So 
Good on you. Good on you. <laughs> um, number, what are we at here? Six? Yeah. Portal 2. That's where Portal 2 comes in. And nice. Yeah. Huge fan of that. I have played through it. I, I normally won't play replay a game with co-op after I've already played it solo sometimes because I'm like, I've already played it. And I just want to move on and play something else. But Portal 2 is one that I would play again right now if someone wanted to. I've played it with my wife. I was going to say, the out of all the games we've listed so far, I, I want to go back and play Portal 2 again. Exactly. <laughs> That's the one I want to play. Yeah. And the thing is, having you know, I played it when it first came out in 2011 and probably played it again a couple years later and probably played it again a couple years later. And my memory is so bad, thankfully, that I didn't just immediately remember the solutions right away. I mean, I was probably a little quicker at figuring them out, but it was still a challenge, which is which is good. So it does have some replayability if you wait long enough. And w- another really cool thing is that at um, MAGFest one year, I got to uh, meet Ellen McLean and get an autograph, and she's the voice of GLaDOS. And yeah, yeah. Really cool. Really cool meeting her. She's a really That's swell awesome. person. So, yeah. Yeah, I I have my uh, Steam queued up. I think I might play that, Heck yeah. <laughs> play that a bit later. Nice. My number six is Don't Starve. Of and course. this is a bit of a under-the-radar game, but I've put a ton of hours into this game over the past few years. It's mostly my girlfriend's fault because she plays she plays it more than I do, um, but this is like a the kind of game real simple just drop you off on an on an island basically you try and survive, uh, fight, fend off monsters and try and find food build a camp, um, and now there's stuff uh, there's additions to the game now like uh, there's one called Hamlet where there, you infiltrate a city of pigs. <laughs> and you get to build a house and it's crazy hard like these games are just brutal because it's death and game over like you're, you're that's it like all the work you put into your your camp and your character and all the stuff you found it's gone goodbye ouch but um i really like uh the uh, art style i really like games like don't starve because it's uh they're simple but there's a lot to them like it's it's one of those games where the wiki you, you go to the Don't Starve wiki and it's like 4,000 pages long or something <laughs> ridiculous like that. You have a video on your channel of Don't Starve, don't you? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And, and that was from like three years ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I've put a ton of hours into it since then. Yeah, it's one of my favorites of the past uh, while. Sure. Is there a... Can you actually finish the game? Is there an end point? Um, not really. I mean, you can get to the point. It's kind of like SimCity where you get to the point where it almost plays itself. Oh, okay. Uh, I think at, at you definitely do... Uh, I, I, the game kind of pushes you along to uh, play some of the other DLCs, like Shipwrecked, for instance, where you ex- experience different seasons. It's not just winter, summer, spring, etc. Then it's like windy season, volcano season, and like all this other stuff, like all these other hazards you have to deal with, and it's like impossible, <laughs> but... Gotcha. Okay. Yeah, it's it's pretty much like once you finish one version of the game, you move on to the other version, and that there, I think there's like f- at least there's Reign of Giants, there's Shipwrecked, and there's Hamlet. I think, um, and there's Vanilla. So there's four different kinds. I've always been kind of interested in it, but I think the uh, never endingness of it is daunting. Yeah, it's it, it's just like, I like the, I like stuff like that. It gives me a SimCity kind of a vibe. Okay, number f- five for me is the Walking Dead, the Telltale series. Specifically season yes. one, but I'll I'll just lump them all together. Maybe the first time a video game has ever moved me narratively. Yeah, and I cared about Clementine so freaking much, 
And I yep. thought about that game for days after I finished it, and I wouldn't stop talking about it to people. And uh, really sad how Telltale ended up. I wanted a, a better ending for that series. I thought the characters deserved a little more than just a quick wrap-up for the sake of business practices, but it is what it is. But yeah, I'll never forget the time I had with uh, The Walking Dead, specifically season one. That was one that Pearl played through, and I would walk in and out of, you know, I would just be moseying about the house like an old man putzing around (laughs) and i would catch some of it here and there and it looked really good it looked really interesting occasionally i would sit down and watch but yeah i i don't know if that's something i would play necessarily Mm -hmm. because it's more of a visual novel but um that's not typically my thing but i could definitely tell it was really well done yeah it hooks you for sure my number five is metroid samus returns for 3ds i have not finished this one yet but i'm really looking forward to doing that because i love this game so far it's almost like it's like what else can they freaking come up with in this in this universe and they still manage to surprise you like and it's not something like hokey or game breaking or overpowered it's like oh it's it's this and you know you get to stick to walls as you roll as a ball now and you know it unlocks all this stuff over here and you get to go back throughout the whole game. It's almost like, I remember, um, this is kind of a crude analogy, but I remember uh, my girlfriend is really into um, horror, writing especially, oh. and like manga and stuff like that. I'm sorry, manga. Well, actually, and, um, I got to do one. Well, actually. I got to do one. <laughs> and um, I have one collection of H.P. Uh, Lovecraft stories. I was like, hey, you might want to read this. You might like it. I think how far back does Lovecraft go? Is it like the late 1800s? I don't even or something know. like that or early 1900s. I can't remember. It's somewhere. It's it's a long time ago, and um, she said she couldn't read it because it was too. It felt too cliche, but it's it's like it's what invented the cliches <laughs> in the first place. Sure. So so it was it was tough to go back to and I was kind of afraid of the same thing happening with Metroid Samus Returns it's like what if this isn't as good as as Super Metroid but it's it's just as good I like it better than Metroid Fusion Interesting it, it's really good Did you enjoy cuz it's it's pretty much based on Metroid 2 that was on the Game Boy right Yes Did you enjoy that one like the Game Boy version back in the day I'm not crazy about the early Metroid stuff. Um, the first Metroid game I really got into was Super Metroid, and that's mostly because I just didn't like the movement and the controls of Samus in the first two games. They gotcha. were they always felt like way too floaty and not solid enough, and it just didn't agree with me, I guess, is the best way to put it. Gotcha. I went back and played the second one not too long ago, and I, I ended up... I mean, I know it's it's kind of a black sheep for a lot of people. They're not a huge fan of it, but I actually really liked the countdown of the Metroids for some reason. I thought that was such a cool thing for like a from a progress tracker perspective. Yeah, and and how the game was was you know like uh, you know it got one more. We're getting closer, even though it felt like it was a struggle. We went from twenty eight yeah. to twenty seven to go, baby. We're doing it. <laughs> yeah, and it lends credence to you know Samus being a hunter, mm-hmm. which is cool. Yeah. Um, and it adds to that lore. So yeah, yeah, I like that. About I like it. it. Okay, number four, Legend of Zelda: Breath of the Wild. Great game, great game. I mean, what are you gonna say about people? People already know. about Yeah, this. what else are you gonna say about so Breath good. of the Wild? But I'll, I'll say this: a little story about it. I actually, when I started playing it, I didn't really like it that much. I put it down for probably six months and didn't go back to it. Something about it was too daunting or something, or maybe I was distracted. That was around the time I had a kid, so there's tons of excuses I could throw mm. at it. 
But it, it, I had to twist my own arm to pick it back up because I was like, I don't think I'm going to like it. I, and I was kind of disappointed that I didn't like it, you know, because I really wanted to. But once I got into it, man, I, w- I was so hooked once I figured it out and started getting the map down a little bit more and kind of understood the recipe of the game, what it wanted from me. I was like, holy shit, this thing is incredible. No wonder people love it. So it took a little yeah. bit of time. I was slow to it, but uh, it became one of my favorite games ever. So I wish I had something else to say, but uh, <laughs> I've barely played it at all. It's so good. <laughs> it looks cool. Yeah. Uh, there's Certain listeners are screaming at their Bluetooth speakers right now, or you know, taking out their <laughs> AirPods and in their palm of their hands. And, what is wrong with you? Probably. My number four is Limbo. Oh, which is a puzzle platformer. Um, yeah, it's I. I, I this is the kind of game where you, it, there's no time limit. There's no. I mean, usually there's no time limit, but um, sometimes there's like a little bit of a imposed uh, timing sequence that you need to to get through, but. Um, just the way the puzzles are are structured in this game are super fun, almost portal esque, I would say. But it's a two D platformer it, yeah. with a lot of mood and atmosphere and weirdness and those like giant spiders. Yeah, uh, those things creep the hell out of me. The oh, music yes. is really good. Yeah, I, I had a blast playing this game. Really enjoyed it. Yeah, it's just killing a boy for four hours, but it's fun. <laughs> Pretty much, <laughs> yeah. And that when you finally figure out the correct timing in that last. Uh, puzzle it's so satisfying it's like finally like because i don't know about you but it t- took me forever to figure that one out not figure it out but just get it to the right spot yeah there were a couple that stumped me did you play inside uh, you know that's one of those where like a million people have told me mm. to play it i know i should play it but i haven't played it yet it's on my you know a list of four thousand games that i need to play but uh, <laughs> i have not i have not played it yet. well after no. portal 2 tonight maybe fired up yeah, yeah, I think I do need to check that out. Uh, number three for me, Super Meat Boy. I am in love with Super Meat Boy. The music, the visuals, the super, the stupid story, even the sound effect of meat hitting a wall. <laughs> Just so good. And it's a game that requires a little bit of skill, and it took me forever to get decent at it. And it's actually a game I can point to and say, that's one that I'm good at because I feel like most of the time I'm not very good at games. You should see how much NES footage I cut out because it's just ass playing. You know what I mean? It's like, I can't put that in there. People make fun of me. Um, so Meat Boy, Super Meat Boy is a game that I really enjoy. And I even bought like a, uh, cause I, I played on the 360. I have, I still have a 360 basically for this reason. It's because I have a, an Xbox an arcade stick that goes with it that I can play Super Meat Boy on. And if you play it with the arcade sticks, you have so much more control. Oh, it's so good. Oh, I'm crazy about it. It's so good. I'm surprised that's not number one because I know how much you love those games. I love me some Meat Boy. Yes, sir. I have to ask, did you see Indie Game the movie? I did. Yes, loved it. Where it shows them launching the game. Mm-hmm. And they it's that I, that was by far the best part of the movie. Yes. Um, it's a great... I love Edmund McMillan and... Uh, yeah, that yeah. documentary actually made me focus more on the people that make my games. I think before I just kind of passively would look at, you know, like, oh, it's made by Play Dead. That's cool. Those are cool guys. But now it, that made me be like, oh, there's people behind this, you know? It's kind of an right. eye-opening experience, but yeah. And in, in some cases, there are jackasses behind those games like uh, like Fez, but anyway. <laughs> oh, yeah, that guy. God. That freaking guy. Uh, he's unsufferable. <laughs> Insufferable. My number three is Super Mario 3D Land. I still pick this one up every once in a while just to play, even though I've 100%ed it already, gotten all the the uh, 
what do you call it? I can't even remember what they are. The <laughs> star things or whatever. But um, on both the special world and the regular world, super fun. It, this is exactly how uh, 3D platforming should be, at least for me, where the camera is kind of plotted out for you already. And I know that sounds it's like, oh, you're taking away my freedom. I can't <laughs> use the camera myself. And it's like, no, I like sometimes that's a good thing. Like that's one of the worst things about 3D platforming is having too much freedom because the camera goes insane and you can't see anything. And, you know, you end up dying because you, you, you have no idea where you're jumping. Whereas in 3D land, it's everything is already kind of it's almost like a rail platformer where the, the camera follows you on rails. Um, and kind of guides you along and, and shows you where to go. At the same time, it, it, it's still uh, there's still some really challenging levels that um, do the, the whole uh, auto-scroll thing where the screen can kill you, which is kind of ridiculous, and I kind of hate those levels, but it's still a fun challenge. Oh, I love that. I love Mario 3D Land, uh, I, and I need to get a Switch just for Odyssey. Um, but that might be a little too... Then again, I, I did like Galaxy and Galaxy Two, but uh, oh, you should definitely get a Switch, buddy. Come on, you got it. Yeah, the thing yeah. is, I just don't have enough time to to put into it. I it would just sit there collecting dust. Instead of napping at work, you could play a little Switch. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty good idea. But no, I got you. No, nah, it's not. <laughs> uh, my number two is Skyrim. Pretty normy response, right? It's on. You can play it on your toaster. I can play it on this marker that I'm holding in my hand. It's everywhere. It's all around us always. But uh, I was so jazzed when this game came out. I picked it up. It was a game that I actually pre-ordered, and I don't do that often. I was that excited. And so I played the shit out of it. And then it was actually the first game that my wife played, which is weird that that's the first video game that she played. She had no build-up. Hmm. I was like, what do you want to play? You want to play like... Because she exerted some interest, and I was like, do you want to play, like, I don't know, got some some easier games we can start on? She's like, no, 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 I want to play that. And I was like, that was will be hard. But she plowed through it, man. She It took her a long time to get the hang of dual stick control, you know, in a 3D space. But once she got it, she played through it and um, played through it twice, actually. Probably put wow. 400 hours into it, yeah. Jeez. Um, yeah, pretty crazy, and uh, so it's it's my favorite, I guess, maybe because it, you know, was a good relationship builder on top of everything else. But uh, as as rote and trite and overdone as it is now, I can't deny that I uh, I loved it when it was hot back in 2011, and uh, I'm actually looking forward to Elder Scrolls Six whenever that comes. Yeah, when is that coming? Is that I don't think they've given us a date, but in the next couple of years probably. Well, you know, in the meantime, at least we have Skyrim Pinball. Uh, you know the <laughs> virtual pinball adaptation, which is that really you know, a thing? Every, everybody was waiting for 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 mobile devices. Oh, that I is real. Know. I just googled it. Holy shit! Yeah, <laughs> it is. It's like, did people really want that? Right. Uh, I don't know. I don't. I don't think so. My number two is Near Automata. Ah, uh, yeah. And this is another one I haven't put nearly as much time into as I'd like, but it's a brilliant, brilliant game. It's so freaking creative and weird and strange. The, the game has like a made-up language that uh, the whole soundtrack is sung in. Hmm. So I actually like took the time to like watch these concerts being performed of the soundtrack. These singers... Um, <laughs> they, they are freaking like singing this stuff... <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry I did this to you. 
<laughs> That's his name. Yeah. I just sent oh, Alex like- a picture of uh, Phil Fish. And the one that you Google, the guy that made Fez, the one that you Google is uh, not, uh, <laughs> I guess, flattering of him. It's funny well, to look at. Well, you them. know, it's it's when you hear the well actually voice, that is the face that that you should be picturing. Exactly. Yes. Sorry, everyone. No worries. Um, no worries. Uh, what was I saying? Near Automata. About, is oh, fantastic. Near Automata. Yeah, I love that game, and I love that whole universe. And I still need to. I have so much more to go in that game, but I'm. I I need to you know <laughs> temper you know i need i need to keep the channel afloat i can't just like unplug everything and and play this game forever as much as i'd like to but um yeah I, I, just the whole idea behind the game the whole uh the story and all of that stuff it's i don't want to spoil anything by mentioning like the mach- you know the machines all in their all that sort of stuff i don't know i don't I know how to, how, to, how to say it it's just a really fucking cool game and a, a cool <laughs> universe to visit and stuff like that i mean let me ask you so you you know you, you have all these games that you want to play but you start you're focused on the channel i mean is there no way no wiggle room to combine the two is there no way to do a do some project where you include near automata or some of these other games you've been meaning to get to as part of the video repertoire not really, because anytime yeah. I try and get footage from a PS4 game, it overwhelms my mm. any any kind of like video editing software I try and use, and gotcha. it doesn't work. And e- even if I want it to work, I have to dial it back down to you know like thirty frames per second or something, and it's all grainy and shitty looking, and it's just like, what am I even doing? So I'd rather just play and just enjoy it rather than analyzing it to death. That makes sense. Okay, very right cool. On. Yeah, that, I mean, and Nier Automata right. is a good one. That was the first PS4 game that uh, I bought and played when I got a PS4 and thought it was great. Um, very cool. So number one, we're at number one already. We've finally done it. We've made it. We're wow. here. Uh, yep. Yeehaw. We're talking about Red Dead Redemption 2. Put me on a horse. Take me out to the middle of nowhere. <laughs> take me out to the desert. Let me fire on a, a, I don't know what we're hunting out there. I, I can't remember. But we, we hunted. Moose. Maybe. Maybe. I don't think there were moose. Maybe moose. There's, yeah. but it's fun, man. I, uh, it's it's very open ended, open world. I know that's a turn off to a lot of people. Uh, it's it's very slow in plotting. It's a rock star formula, so there's a lot of A to B travel that you have to do. But it's very rich in what it does. The narrative is amazing. Even, oh, certainly by rock star standards, I was very impressed. And I played that game for literally like six months. It was the only game I played. Just. Nice. Every after putting the kid to bed, just mosey downstairs, hop on the horse, and just head on out. Y'all, let's go. You know, <laughs> fun, fun. That's another one where I I wander into the into the room. There's Pearl playing Red Dead Redemption Two. What the hell's going on? Uh, chasing some wolves. Wasn't there a fox in that game that you could track down and it would like lead you to like a a shrine or something like that? Or am I thinking of? <laughs> that Ghost sounds Tishima? like something from Zelda, but maybe. Oh, I, th- I think I'm thinking of Ghost of Tsushima, but yeah, <laughs> one of those games. But yeah, no, Red Dead Redemption 2, good. I, I-, I could tell it's good. No, I don't, yeah. know. I don't really know anything about it, but it sounds awesome. Did, did Pearl like it? I- I'm interested. Yeah, um, I think she got a little impatient with the, I think you nailed it with the like point A to point B mm-hmm. uh, nature of, you know, even though you're in an open world, it still wants you to you know it still wants to have you mosey on down between these two places and it's like well i don't want (laughs) to yeah it does it does a fair bit of that yeah yeah so yeah that was her uh i think that was her hang up with it um my number one is 
Stardew Valley. Of course. One of my favorite games ever. I've put uh, well over 200 hours into this game. Uh, I got to the point with my first town that, or my first farm rather, that um, I, I couldn't do anything else. I unlocked everything. I caught every fish, got every weapon. Um, I know there's like lots of like DLC and lots of like things since then, but the point is, is that I got so much money now from planting ancient fruit in the greenhouse, and I my property is nothing but wine barrels. So I'm just nothing but wine barrels every week or so, every two weeks, producing ancient fruit wine so i get like 80 billion dollars or something like that for every two weeks and it's kind of absurd and i i was like well i guess i i guess i win or something so but <laughs> they, they've done a nice job um uh it's that that's a game that's made by one guy which is freaking insane to right? think about but yeah he did a really nice job um adding on uh with the 1.5 thing uh updates uh now it's multiplayer split screen multiplayer um, which is really cool. What else is there that he added? There's all sorts of different farm maps. Like there's a mountain map, there's a river map, all that stuff. Um, you can make clothes now. I think if you visit Emily, she can, uh, I think you like bring her a feather or something like that. And she teaches you how to make clothes and you have to like get a sewing machine. I forget. It's just the the sheer amount of that. that again, like don't starve. This is another game that has like a wiki website that's like 4,000 articles and I love stuff like that. I really need to go back to that game too because I, I really this was a game I spent like six months on like every it became routine like come come in after work walk the dogs hang out with uh, Pearl and you know watch whatever and then go play Stardew Valley for like two hours. Jeez. And yeah, and that was that was kind of my life for like yeah, however long. I love, I, I I almost I admire that guy for for putting out as much effort as he has into that game. But I kind of want him to do something else at this point because <laughs> I want to see what other ideas he might have and what other games he he has planned. Yeah, that's really incredible. That game, I mean, we were talking about Axiom Verge. That's a one guy deal. It's pretty yeah. amazing what people are able to do. Yeah, yeah, big incredible. time. Cool. Well, that does it. I feel pretty good about my 13. Uh, it actually got me excited. I want to play some of them again now. <laughs> I know. Like, uh, I was like, oh, Mario 3D Land. I need to... I, what if I started a new game save on that? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Doom 2016. I haven't even thought about that game until earlier yesterday when I was like, oh, shit, I need to play that again. Yeah. I need to play the sequel. I haven't touched any of Doom Eternal. I hear it's not as good, but you're not going to talk yeah, me out of not I, trying I've, it. Yeah, I've... I've put a little bit of time into that. It's it, it does a little too much story for my liking. Mm, that's what Doom doesn't need. <laughs> it does exactly. not need a story. All right, that's been another Drunk Friend Podcast. Thanks for joining us on that ride. As always, you can reach out to us with questions or comments at drunkfriendpodcast at gmail.com. And I know we're reading some emails from the holidays, but we're running low again. So please reach out to us, say hello, Give us a question or two. We could always use them, and we'll respond here uh, eventually. You know, please reach out to polymedianetwork.com. We have a, a new website. We didn't want to have "kill" there in the title for everyone to, to venture over to. Polykill will get you to the same place. But if you just want to check out all the other podcasts we have, "Tales of the Lesser Medium," Polykill, PD's Power Hour is great. Indie Quest is going to have a great interview this coming week as well. So please hop on over once again to polymedianetwork.com to check all those out. And hey, even if you're sending an email and uh, you say things like happy holidays, the holidays you could be referring to are, you know, 
Arbor Day and Valentine's Day or something like That's that. Right. I don't know. Yeah, it doesn't necessarily have to be the holidays everybody else thinks of. Just say but. happy holidays on every email. That way we never we can always just pick the holiday we <laughs> want we like. Yes. Say congratulations, happy birthday, happy holidays, <laughs> just just like my work emails. Yeah, there you go. Every, every freaking email. Um, <laughs> if you're not interested in sending an email, no big deal. Just give us a rating and review on a podcast app of your choice. Uh, that's going to help us up big time. Heck yeah. You can also find us on social media. I'm on Twitter at TravPlaysGames. Alex is, of course, at SNESDrunk. And as always, the music you heard at the beginning and you can hear right now was composed by our friend Coolor. The track you hear is called Electric Starbounce, and you can find a link to more of his music on the Buzzsprout Podcast page. And a big shout out to Josh Leslie for our thirst-quenching logo. Man, that's the most flawless you've ever read that. Be sure to catch us all on YouTube, and thanks for listening. And we hope you have a great rest of your day. 